the LexisNexis Environmental Law and Climate Change Community Podcast. Presentations and interviews with leading attorneys and industry professionals. On this edition, Mark Carell of Climate Change and Environmental Services on ISO 50001. The opinions expressed by guests interviewed on LexisNexis legal podcasts do not necessarily reflect those of Reed Elsevier Incorporated, LexisNexis, subsidiary companies, shareholders, employees, or customers, and should not be considered legal advice. Mark Carell is the founder and principal of the environmental consulting firm Climate Change and Environmental Services. Mr. Carell got his Bachelor's of Science degree from New York University and a Master's of Science in Biochemistry from the University of Wisconsin. Mr. Carell returned to graduate school and received a second Master's degree in Chemical Engineering from Columbia University. He's a licensed professional engineer and a certified energy manager. Mr. Carell has 25 years of experience working for the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency and as an environmental consultant for industry, mainly in the areas of air quality, climate change, carbon footprinting, energy, and sustainability. Mr. Carell, thanks so much for giving up a little bit of time to be with us on this LexisNexis Legal Podcast. Thank you, Steve. You uh, recently wrote an article, piece that appears on your website, about the new ISO 50001 energy standards. And before we get much more into that, tell us, if you would, just what ISO 50001 is. Sure. ISO is an organization that uh, develops standards for different things. I'm sure most of the listeners are familiar with ISO 9001, which is a a standard for quality, uh, product quality. There's ISO 14001, which I'm sure many in the environmental community know, because that has uh, standards for environmental management. Well, now they just released earlier this year, the ICE organization released earlier this year, ISO 50001, which is energy standards. Now, when it comes to those new standards, how successful can ISO 50001 be in reducing energy usage and costs? Uh, why is that important? Well, energy is a very, very growing issue, a very big issue in the United States. We spend a lot of money on energy. We waste a lot of energy. We know that there can be improvements in energy. And by doing so, the facility, the building involved can actually make money, can make back the investment they make in energy reduction. And given the growing uh, unit costs of energy, the savings are only going to grow over time. There's been a number of studies over the years that show uh, that shown that uh, the EPA, the Department of Energy rather, came up with a study recently that estimates that most buildings throughout the country, whether it's residential, commercial, schools, whatever, whatever part of the country, can achieve a 40 to 50 percent savings in energy costs within five years if they do a, a comprehensive energy uh, analysis assessment. The McKinsey organization did a, a very major economic study to show that energy reduction is the a number one most cost-effective way to reduce one's carbon footprint and to save costs. And one thing I like to talk about when it comes to cost savings is if you were to do an energy um, uh, assessment and, and implement strategies to reduce your energy usage, and let's say, I'll just make up a round number, you save a million dollars a year uh, once, you, once all is said and done, that's a million dollars a year in your pocket or really in the company's pocket. It's a million dollars a year added to the profit. Now you think about it, how, what's the other way of adding a million dollars to the profit line of a company? That is, of course, to increase sales. But, of course, the average widget or whatever it is that the company makes, uh, you only make a, on average a 10% profit. So you have to increase sales by $10 million a year to get the same 
uh, increase to the profit that you would buy a, a very good energy study, of course, based on the size of the company and all that. So I always ask customers, is it easier for you to increase sales by $10 million or to do these things to decrease energy costs by a million dollars? It's going to vary from company to company, but for, I think for most, it's a lot uh, harder to get the sales force to do the advertisements or whatever to increase the sales compared to a good energy assessment. It sounds as if there are some obvious benefits to this, but if an energy assessment is such a great cost savings, why doesn't everyone do it? Well, the problem uh, has been there's been a psychological uh, barrier for a lot of companies. They say, okay, we do want to reduce our cost, but we want to do it the right way. We want to do it the cost-efficient uh, way, the cost-effective way. And there there have been no universal standards on how to do an energy assessment. And companies are afraid, what if I invest money in doing an assessment and I miss something, or I don't quite do it the right way, or I don't optimize my savings, then I've either wasted the money or I've got to invest more money down the road to do it the quote-unquote right way. So what's unique about this, about the ISO 50,001 uh, standards, is because of the respect that ISO has, this is now, we believe, a lot of people believe, is going to be universally accepted as the right way of doing an energy assessment, and therefore gives cover to companies to say, okay, now I'm going to do it, I'm going to follow these procedures. Well, what is there in particular about ISO 50,001 that makes it different uh, from other energy standards or approaches? That's a great question. Uh, ISO 50001 takes a more holistic approach to the uh, idea, to the system of energy reduction. There's less uh, checking off the boxes as you would have in a lot of other programs. It's saying, okay, I'll do this, up, oh, check, I'll do that, check, check, okay, now I've checked all the boxes, I've achieved my goals. ISO 50001 goes beyond that in that uh, you're really developing a management system. In fact, all the ISO standards really emphasize putting together a systematic approach, a long-term approach, to not just check off the boxes and do certain activities, but to continue to check that it's uh, working well, that you're uh, gathering more data, analyzing it, making improvements, assessing how the improvements go, and making additional improvements down the road. You know, it, it sounds great, but is meeting ISO 50001 uh, the end-all, as it were? Well, it's not, uh, it's not meant to be the end all. Uh, you know, very similar to, you know, as I said to other programs, it's not checking off the box and say, okay, good, I got my ISO 50001 uh, certification, I'm set, I don't have to do anything, because really it is, like I said, a long-term commitment, and it's really a management system. So it's really meant to look at long-term improvements, because, of course, among other things, technology changes, technologies improve. So what we now know uh, as good technologies, good strategies to reduce energy can become obsolete in a short time, and, and other technologies can come in. So the whole idea is that you're continuing to examine your buildings, your systems, the way things operate, and to see what's out there and whether it makes sense to improve. Yeah, really emphasizing the continual improvement, if you will. Exactly. And, of course, the other, the other thing is we're looking uh, – ISO 50001 also integrates both – not only the reduction in energy, but also reduction in costs, because it recognizes the fact that cost is driving things, and also cares very much about greenhouse gas emissions, because, of course, energy is the main uh, component, the main source of greenhouse gas emissions. The more energy that's used, the more carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gases are emitted. So it also helps you keep track of greenhouse gas emission reductions or any other climate change goals that a company may have. So if a company wants to go this route, then how can they be assured that the standards of ISO 50001 are being successfully integrated? 
Well, ISO 50001 requires third-party verification that the standards have been met, that the system is in place, the management system is in place. And that's a, a good thing because if it's kept internally, there's potential either for some type of bias or some type of oversight at the people within the company who are in charge of it. And also just uh, presents a separate set of eyes who are experts who can point out things that maybe that internal group of people missed, or even if it's an external group of people, but that the, the energy assessors may have missed on the first go-round because having a separate set of eyes, separate set of experiences and, uh, and knowledge. Talk, if you will, about how ISO 50001 could be used by government or companies in the future. Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's an excellent question, and a lot of people have been pondering what's going to happen now. You know, a lot of municipalities have some type of building codes, but mostly it's, it's on the structural end. You know, make sure a building, of course, doesn't fall down or anything like that. Governments have been thinking about uh, putting in some type of energy standards because there is, of course, concern about energy efficiency, and municipalities themselves, of course, have buildings, and they have budgets, and they don't want to lose a lot of it to energy themselves. So uh, the thought is uh, that some governments, very well-intended, want to put in some energy standards, but again, there have been no universal standards. So how can we make a company, a building, or a new building meet some type of standards? Well, now the thinking is that perhaps with ISO 50001, we do have these standards, and therefore a government agent, uh, government I should say, can come back and, and use this as a standard for extension of building codes to re- to require new buildings, refurbished buildings, and the like to meet uh, these standards to know that they've met uh, this. And this, by the way, goes beyond the government. Uh, this is actually becoming a purview of the private sector as well. There's a number of companies that have requirements for their suppliers, their supply chain, to meet certain standards. The, the one that comes to mind that's become very prominent lately is Walmart. A few years ago, they started a program where they require most of their suppliers to uh, calculate for them the greenhouse gas emissions of, of their products, or at least a selected number of their products, from the manufacturer of it to the transportation to a Walmart store or a Walmart uh, warehouse. And, of course, Walmart is so powerful, such a big retailer, that when they demand something, their suppliers listen. And so a lot of these have developed their carbon footprints, their greenhouse gas emissions for the first time. So there's also the thought that Walmart might grab onto ISO 50001 and, say, uh, and demand uh, at least some type of assessment if not meet some type of requirement uh, from on the energy sector from their suppliers. And uh, a few other companies, AT&T is another one, IBM is a third one, that is starting to develop some standards for their suppliers. And again, ISO 50001 might be a very convenient one for them. Well, yeah, that's interesting. Have you gotten a sense, though, of how well ISO 50001 is going over? I mean, how, how, how do companies feel about this generally? Well, you know, we don't know because it's so new. It just came out earlier this year, so we really don't know. But uh, I think it's been uh, initially it's been received very well because uh, a lot of companies have been satisfied with some of the other ISO standards, mm-hmm. 9001, 14001. Many, many uh, companies meet uh, are certified in those areas, and ISO went out of their way to make sure that 50001 follows at least the same philosophy in terms of developing a management system in long term and and um, and developing assessments and doing the right thing. So I think if companies successfully implemented 9001 and 14001, they should have little problem with doing 50001 and hopefully have the same satisfaction and perhaps even greater satisfaction as they will see fairly short-term and certainly long-term 
uh, cost reduction. Especially when everyone's so focused on the bottom line these days. Exactly. Yeah. If someone wanted to find out more about ISO 50001, uh, where should they look? Well, uh, you know, that's, a, that's a good question. ISO certainly has their own website, which I don't have uh, in front of me, but certainly uh, if one uh, Googles uh, ISO 50001, they could certainly get, uh, I'm sure, on the very top, the ISO organization itself, and then they could uh, learn more about the standards and actually uh, you know, purchase a copy of them. And what about uh, your company and, and your site in particular? Are, are there some things that you, you are doing that people can find out about as far as these standards are concerned? Well, thanks uh, yeah, for asking. Yeah, our company does energy assessments. We do energy audits for companies, and we are very aware of the ISO 50001 standards, and certainly uh, we are prepared to, to help a company work uh, through ISO 50001 and put together a management plan, a management system, and a management team to address these issues and give the technical oversight. Another, by the way, another thing that's related to energy that we've been working on uh, lately, and it's actually very interesting and, and has a legal implication as well, is New York City um, earlier this year passed a benchmarking law. I believe it's called Local Law 84, which is a different uh, approach to uh, energy management and a, in, uh, in many respects a different approach to, to the law in that they're requiring buildings above a certain threshold in size to do an energy assessment. They don't have to implement the findings of the assessment. If the assessment shows that they're very inefficient, they lose heat, whatever, or electricity inefficient, that's okay. They're not required by the law to do anything, but it's merely a benchmarking law that the city of New York will collect the information, post it on their website, and I guess their intention is maybe shaming these companies, these buildings that are less uh, efficient to do something by having it out there in the public view uh, on the Internet for, I guess, potential tenants or, in, or other people who are interested to be able to compare. So uh, I've gotten involved in a number of these energy assessments for this local law 84 in New York City, and certainly a lot of municipalities are keeping an eye on this to see whether uh, this makes sense. Is this a, an effective way of making a law without a lot of enforcement personnel to, to require co- uh, buildings to become more efficient, but on the other hand, use the power of uh, the culture to do things. But uh, to answer your original question, uh, my website is www.ccesworld.com, Climate Change and Environmental Services, www.ccesworld.com, and I certainly have uh, a lot of information on uh, energy uh, assessments uh, on my website. Yeah, you certainly do. A lot of good information on there. Mark, thanks so much. Really appreciate your explanation and views of the new standards uh, under ISO 50001. And thank you very much for your time being with us on this podcast today. Mm-hmm. Always a pleasure having you with us. Thank you very much, Steve. It's my pleasure, too. Mark Carell of the environmental consulting firm Climate Change and Environmental Services. Thank you for listening to this LexisNexis legal podcast. Visit the LexisNexis communities at LexisNexis.com slash community. Like the communities on Facebook. Follow them on Twitter. The LexisNexis Environmental Law and Climate Change Community Podcast, copyright 2011 by LexisNexis, a division of Reed Elsevier Incorporated. I'm Steve Bursler. Thank you for listening.